Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Howdy, folks. Happy Friday. Thank God it's Friday. Uh, and uh, I have some baseball comments for us. I'll make in a few minutes. But uh, let's start with the pre-show. Go ahead. Let's talk about the NBA for a minute and just point out how ridiculous some of the salaries are. So Ben Simmons is holding out from the Sixers, right? He's missed a, you know, a couple practices, a media session and something else. So right now the bill is racked up to be $110,000 with no end in sight. So we could literally see him probably before he gets traded. Oh, you know, $750,000, probably not out of the realm or $500,000 just in fines. Like to me, like, I don't know what, what's worse. The fact that these fines mean nothing to the player or that the player doesn't care at all. Like, I don't know which is worse. Well, the Ben Simmons thing, Kevin, is sort of like Jack Eichel without the neck injury. I mean, he, he clearly, does, you know, the, the organization doesn't want him anymore because he's, I mean, in Simmons' case, he's sort of a flawed player who can't hit an outside shot worth a damn. But, you know, they drafted him at, at the top of the draft. He was supposed to be part of the solution there. He's clearly not part of the solution. They want to move on, but... I don't think they can find a deal that's worth what they think he's worth. And now it's decompensated into him holding out, as Russ said. I mean, there's, the parallels are there, but it's not the same. But, yeah, I mean, the, the money these guys make is ridiculous. I mean, it makes me a little ill sometimes. Yeah. I, you know, again, you and I are going to disagree on that. Like I'm a kind of a labor guy and you know, the reason they make that uh, kind of money is they can't, there's nobody sure. says no to them. You know, uh, you would uh, ask for whatever you could get to if nobody ever said no to you, um, how much you're going to be paid. Um, and I think that they view these situations now, it's always about leverage and, you know, you're trying to accomplish something and because they do make so much money, I think other things become important to them um, and they're willing to give up money. Uh, and that's, this is true in all sports to get where they want to be or to get a better uh, situation for them to play. And um, you know, if you're making, so should, should the fines be, should the fines be higher Kev? Cause clearly $110,000 to him means nothing. And you'll never get the players association to go right. along with that. That's the problem. So you, right. you know, cause this yeah. is all collectively bargained. Um, so um, but you know, I, you guys are going to do what they're going to do to get in their best situation. And, you know, unfortunately, because they make so much money, um, uh, you know, for, for them, what is that? Like for us, that would be like, uh, you know, a hundred bucks, you know right. what I mean? So, yeah, <laughs> you know, so, I mean, it was, you know, I remember and it hit home, uh, when I was doing the book with Jeremy Roenick and he was talking about being, in a poker game with a bunch of players where there was $200,000 in cash in there. And, <laughs> and, wow. and that's what I said. I said like, wow. And um, he said, yeah, but he said, you know, it's, it's, it's all relative. You know, we're, you know, like everybody made at that point, I don't remember what it was four or 500,000, I would guess. And um, he said, so that'd be the same if you were playing for like a hundred dollars or two hundred dollars or something. Right, but who goes to the bank and says, "Give me fifty grand because I got to go play poker"? Well, well somebody does sometimes. So. Sometimes it depends. It depends on the week. Yeah. Russ, Russ all, all, I, all I can say is th is this: when I was a manager of a movie theater, and the movie theater had a you know, and it, I don't work there anymore, so I can say we had what was called the manager's fund, which was money that we would have for the concessionists and the box office people. Uh, it was 3,500 bucks. And, you know, after hours, after we had stopped, uh, you know, our work was done, me and a couple other managers, we were playing, we were playing poker. I didn't know it, but the guy who was one of the managers was going into the manager's fund and dipping into it so he could play poker. Of course again. he was. 
Well, he ended, up getting, he ended up getting fired because of it. So that that uh, that was that was a bad thing. Just want to touch on a couple things uh, uh, TV related for sports last night. I think it could have been the worst uh, uh, regular season football game that I've seen. Not the not the outcome, not the kind, but Jacksonville versus Cincinnati on the Thursday night NFL Network game. I mean, there clearly is no like level of okay. We're only going to put good teams on Thursday night or Monday night, especially the Thursday night games. Russ, I mean, Jacksonville is hideous. They don't belong on these games, but yet they were there. Yeah, but they're there. You know what I always say about the quarterbacks. You know, that's yeah. why both those they, teams they are. are but yeah, but you kind of know that neither team is good. I think the issue is when they're picking these games. They get the last to pick from as far as everything that's out there. So, like, the first – the one first Thursday game of the year is always great. And then after that, you get nothing good until, like, the last week. Right. And I and it's almost like they don't care about that part of the broadcast. It's just like, yeah, yeah it's a football game you'll watch, so we don't care. But I, I do think that that pick is not even just thinking about those issues you brought up, which are certainly relevant issues, but – um, you know, just the idea of getting two great young quarterbacks to play. And, you know, we've seen in recent years the change in the NFL where in the olden days, you know, it would, you know, you wouldn't dream of starting a guy right out of his draft year. Right. Like that, that would, but now True. we just expect that. And, you know, because of that, people want to see where they're at and how they're performing. And I, I think it made a lot of sense for them to put that game on. I mean, I didn't watch the game, but, yeah. um, you know, when you look at the way we look, at uh, television uh, coverage now. I mean, that's what you want to see. You want to see great young players. Yeah, but, you know, I'll, I'll flip it, Kev. To me, the the hockey equivalent is, well, let's put on Buffalo against Minnesota, and we'll have Dylan Cousins and Marco Rossi. They're two really high picks. Let's see how these kids play. That comparison doesn't work because, you know, it would have to be – it would have to be that, you know, you would put on um, – Connor McDavid in his first year because people want to see Connor McDavid or even Jack Eichel, um, right. where you put, would put Buffalo on. Eichel, ver, Eichel versus McDavid when both teams stunk. That would be the, the yeah, yeah. I mean, the, yeah. So I like Dylan Cousins. Like you know, he's going to be a good NHL player, but you know that doesn't create the. It's not on the same level as you know the two quarterbacks that we saw. Well, all I can say, all I can say, is that game pales in comparison to what's going to happen Sunday night. I know the hype machine is going big time, but but Brady and the Bucks going to New England against Belichick. I think I'll watch it for a little while at least because it's compelling. But I don't know how compelling it is. The, 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 I'm not the, even going to watch. I no, 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 not really. No. Okay. The uh, the but other because thing- it's so far down the pike. It's like we already know that Tom Brady was the biggest reason. The Patriots won. We yeah. didn't have to. We, we already knew it when Brady went out before and they didn't win a Super Bowl. And now last year when the Patriots stunk. Now the Patriots spent some money this year and they're pedestrian, but they might make the playoffs. They have no chance at a Super Bowl. So we pretty much know it's Tom Brady. Yeah. Sorry. Don't you think it's funny, though, that how many NHL players are Patriots fans? Like, I, you know, like oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. athletes – yeah, you know, like greatness. They do. So, yeah, so, they do. And and especially like a lot of uh, GMs and coaches and stuff are really big Bel- Belichick fans. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Yes, no, that's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. They all read his book, and you know, all that yeah. Kind of so, oh man, I know. You're really right. Because really and you know, it's completely the opposite, of course, of fans where because everybody roots against the. The Patriots just like because they were great, just like you know, right. against uh, Mike's Yankees. Just to bring up something on that quickly, the, the I have not, I, I in recent memory, I cannot remember an award where both leading candidates for it have spit the bit as badly as the AL Cy Young uh, Award uh, contest because. Garrett Cole has gotten bombed as in his last two or three starts, and Robbie Ray basically could have put the cherry on top of the Sunday to to win the AL Cy Young if he had just pissed, pitched decently against the Yankees yesterday, and he gave up I think four or five home runs. So I don't know who's going to win it, but it's the one who's going to suck the least in the last month. 
anyway. There you go. There you go. All right, here we go. It's Friday. Yeah. It's October. <laughs> All right, here we go. Hello, Hockey World. It's Friday, October 1st, 2021. I'm Michael Agello, and how about them Yankees? Anyway. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology, and if you don't know it's the first of the month, you'll never know any day of any month. <laughs> I'm Kevin Allen. I don't even know how to follow that. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I'm Tim, and uh, I love October. It's, it's great. It feels like hockey's here. Uh, you're watching Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes every Monday through Friday to fill you in on the comings and goings in the hockey world. Yeah, this is the October is the end of summer for me. Like, it's not. It's not September. September is so nice around here nowadays. And um and like we go we still go to the beach in September on weekends because it's still beautiful down there. We're going to the beach this weekend for one last weekend uh, to say goodbye to some people that way that you know. But but this is but it's 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 fall now. It feels like fall now. It's fall for sure, and uh, mm-hmm. and that means it feels like hockey's going to start, which it is. And we're going to get together get get it together today with my favorite team in a little bit. Um, as I discussed <laughs> the uh, <laughs> why the Toronto Maple Leafs will win the Stanley Cup today. Uh-huh. Uh, well, before we get started on that, I wanted to talk a little bit about. I saw live hockey last night for the first time in a couple of years, and yeah, I know b- both of you guys have been going to games, but I, I yeah. had not. Um, yeah, and uh, first of all, it was just great to be back and watch yeah. live hockey. But um, it occurred to me as I was watching um, how much I like rebuilding teams in terms of training camp. Like yeah. training camp to me is boring. Like, yeah. well, when I was a uh, USA Today hockey writer, I never did preseason games. You know, yeah. like I, I just don't like them because in my in the modern sports world, and this is really true almost everywhere. Man, well, less so in football, but you know, the idea of competing for jobs yeah. um, has been lost over time because, and um, you know, the way the draft has worked, everyone knows everything about the players, so guys are projected to to be starters and in foot in football, you still have some competition, but otherwise you kind of know coming into the season, like you can read any baseball preview and they'll have to do a pretty good job of guessing who's going to be on the team. Sure. But, uh, and that's even true in hockey, but it, it, in, in a rebuilding team, you know, there's real competition. Like yeah. here in Detroit, where oh, I yeah. live, like who's yeah. going to be on the power play, who's playing with who, which rookies are going to make the team Like This is still all in play. Uh, Jeff Blasso mm-hmm. just said, um, you know, people were talking about the power play and he said, yeah, we're going to uh, have it figured out who our 10 guys are. Like, I mean, can you imagine Tampa Bay lightning or the Boston Bruins, <laughs> you know, talks like that. Like yeah, they yeah. don't even, the referees don't even know who their 10 guys that are going to be on the power play are right Definitely. now because there's that level of competition. But so I, I just thought, you know, this, it's fun to kind of watch this team kind of sort it out. And now, on, you know, they've lost Verona. Uh, so that, you know, yeah. opens up another spot. Now, now there's the question of, you know, would they give it to a veteran like Bobby Ryan or will Lucas Raymond at 19 make the team? Um, or will they give it to Joe Valeno, who's a little more polished than Raymond, but not quite as uh, mm-hmm. offensive? Uh, yeah. You know, so there's a lot of questions going on. But I, I, I guess I've just decided that in the modern world where, you know, they know everything about uh, every player that they draft and so forth because we, uh, <laughs> it, it's fun to when they're rebuilding and they're just trying to decide which um, trying to put a round peg in a square hole and vice oh. versa. Well, it's 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 fun to it's fun to cover a rebuilding team when they've accumulated, you know, the players and they're just starting to like you know when when the Leafs you know they drafted uh, Neilander and Matthews and Marner uh, three consecutive years and then the 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 Marlies win the Calder Cup in 2018 and a lot of those players ended up on the Leafs uh, the following year. It was fun to you know, okay, here we go. You know, here, here's a lot of young prospects. How are they going to develop? How are they going to look? And we'll talk about that with that, with that in a little bit, but with the Sabres right now, the Sabres are like, they're in mid, they're still in mid teardown and they haven't accumulated enough of those prospects. I mean, Owen Powers playing in Michigan. Uh, they're probably going to have a top five pick this year. They haven't traded Eichel yet. So it's not it's not very it's not very fun to cover the Sabres right now because the dismantling is still occurring. Yeah. Yeah. Although yeah, you know what it is. You have to have, I was just gonna say you have to have hope. 
you have to have hope mixed in like a certain yeah. amount of hope yeah. has to be mixed in while you're watching the prospects and right now with the sabers it doesn't feel like hope is there and that's that's a big element missing well and the the a big difference is i mean and this is big in my opinion owen power decided not to come if owen power right. was there this yeah. would be a much more interesting uh camp uh, yeah. i agree i yeah. agree and then they'd have um you know like three young players because darlene is still young like even though he's played yeah. um you know so you're, you're going to be interested on him and cousins um so yeah. then all of a sudden you're looking at three players and i i think with the uh, middle stat playing better last year after granado took over you know right. that's another element if you're a buffalo fan and i i just heard from a buffalo reader who who i got the impression like he asked me my, my opinion um of how adams is doing but i got the impression he asked me because he thinks you know adams hasn't been bad is uh, now again i don't he didn't yeah. say that but that was the feeling i thought when he yeah. asked like how do you think he's doing so um you know basically i, I just think he's uh kind of holding his own yeah <laughs> I, I i think yeah, yeah, he has, i agree I think he so. did good on. I think he did good on the Ristolainen deal. He did yeah, do it sure. all again on the Reinhardt deal, and I think everything uh, resides or everything ro- is uh, is resting on on the Eichel deal. And we won't talk about that today because we've been talking about it too much, and nothing yeah. nothing is happening. Um, Eck, I mean, I, the I, biggest X against him is they have no goaltending, none. Right, and yeah, and, yeah. and, I, and that, that was a, that's a major failing, major failing. Yeah, and I've heard I've heard some some talk about the last couple of days um, about the idea of Edmonton going out and getting um, Dubnik and moving Koskinen with along with something to Buffalo, which I know is kind of surprising, um, you know, because we know that Koskinen has had issues and it's a big contract. You don't think you can move him, but the feeling is, you know, if they were to go with Smith and Dubnik, um, and you if they could find a way to get Koskinen out. It's not a bad move for them. They um, would have to give up a significant prospect to Buffalo for that or yes, a draft pick. I mean, would. even though it's even though it's only one year, and even though uh, you know Koskinen would, you know, be able to probably carry the burden of thirty or forty games. Yeah. You no, know, I mean, right now, right now, the plan in Buffalo is Craig Anderson and Aaron Dell probably until December, and then you're going to see Uka Pekalukunen called up from Rochester. I think they they want to get him work, but they also want him to play down in the American Hockey League because he hasn't really had a lot of experience down. Yeah, there. I, I saw him live last night, and I I know that he is a the favored son in Buffalo, and that he you know. During his draft year, Russ, wasn't he kind of the hot guy? I remember everybody kind of talking about he, him. He was the hot guy, and then he had a horrible World Juniors, and then he recovered from that. He had, like, mentally, he really didn't look good in it, and then he recovered from that. So, but he was a hot guy in his draft year, no question. Well, he, was, he was really good last night in the first period against Detroit. They had 17 shots, and then uh, – it kind of all fall fell apart on him. Yeah, um, and then, and then he won the World Junior the following year after he had been drafted. Right. So, um, we need to talk about this because um, last night Russ clued me in as I was watching baseball that <laughs> the uh, the initial TNT NHL broadcast was on. Yeah, I and, saw this, and I saw you guys going back and forth. I mean, and you know, it was oh, okay, and just that show that they did. No, I, I know, and and I, and I and I said, I said jokingly, he says, you know, it's preseason even for the broadcasters, but yes, act, I'm sorry when you're emulating the 1990 Stanley Cup final when the when the video go goes out and there was no power outage. Something's wrong. I mean, I, Russ and I were joking. That like, kind of thing. Okay, this is how I gather it. Okay, no, I'm not. I might be wrong, but I don't think they just suddenly got in there, said, you know, how many cameras do we need? What should we do? I, I, this is just this is a setup. Okay, there, there's a, there's a setup that today they rent from it. Like everybody else rents, they're they're renting the same cameras, the same trucks, the same things like that that everybody else rents to do these hockey games. So I don't. I think that that kind of mistake I think is not on them. It's just it's just something. That hey, kind of hey, wait, wait. It wasn't just one mistake. <laughs> there were like five or six massive mistakes. Yeah. But the, and they didn't have guys right mic'd up correctly in studio. Like this is. Yeah, act, like it was almost like they they didn't do a dry run. If they did, they did a horrible job at it because you could see Liam McHugh was really annoyed with everything that was going on because like he's from NBC. Like NBC does everything top notch. But here's the other thing, and and Kevin will probably kill me on this because it's a style thing now. But in that studio, 
I get that the ice is blue, but when everything is so monochromatic in the studio where that's blue and the desk is gray and there's zero color, because the white, the white ice shows up great on TV, but there was none in that studio. Mm -hmm. There were no lights in that studio. That studio look was like a 10 cent looking studio. It was horrible. And and they were they were trying to emulate what the NBA on TNT does with you know Kenny Smith or Shaq or uh, Charles Barkley, uh, Charles Barkley getting on, um, uh, getting up and like shoot you know they were they shoot baskets or they do something and demonstrate. Rick Tockett gets up and Liam McHugh and Anthony Carter don't know what's going on and he's getting up and showing them how right. he would stick the skate in somebody's crotch if they had cross-checked them and they didn't even this wasn't planned out and i'm like okay this is clearly preseason. this was their dry run but their dry run was on live television yeah they did they did a live dry run and i actually heard um john shannon on xn this morning i think mentioning that too that they felt like he felt like it was a dry run and they should have been more prepared for it but they and you know he did he said the same thing basically but at the same time let's I'm not see trying what, to kill them let's see where they go from here you know yeah, i'm not trying i'm not i'm not trying to kill them i'm just saying you would think that they would be more prepared for yeah i mean you, you can definitely criticize the studio just i mean i can't stuff. tell you the last time i saw a tv screen Eck, where i saw the top and the bottom at the same time and for a long period of time and they couldn't fix that. To yeah. me, that's a big problem. It reminded me of ESPN at the very beginning. Even if this is a long, dry run, you would have thought after the first period, all the bugs would be worked out, but they weren't. Yeah, they didn't like have a practice game or something like that. They should have done something to get some of those basic things together. But, you know, I think usually, I mean, if, I don't know. The, that stuff is usually pretty standard. Now, all the stuff that, you know, all the graphics, all that stuff, sure, you can criticize that for sure. You know, you can criticize the graphic, you can criticize the setup. I mean, they, the the people were good. I mean, the pe most of the people were good. I mean, having no, the people were fine. I, you know, Don Kaharski needs some work, but they were fine. Yeah, Kaharski. Yeah, I think you know. I really think that they should have gone with Paul Stewart. Paul Stewart, you know, he's you know hockey buzz guy, but he also is just Paul Stewart's very much more animated, very entertaining guy. He's too, yeah. too, he's too verbose. Yeah, now. they might be it's, too scary. I, yeah, you got to have someone who can just you know, as Bill Clement. Uh, when I, when I was trying to figure out how to do TV back when I first started, he said, declarative sentence back, Phil, got to be out in 15 seconds. Yeah, that's it, right? <laughs> you, know, you, you, they, you know, it's not like radio where you can just kind of yeah. wander all over the place. We're podcasts, so we can or talk podcasts. about it. <laughs> I don't um, know what that's like, Jack. But um, I got something, too, guys, that, that, that I think is worth noting, because we talked about the Russian team, you know, and the Olympics and like that. Yeah. There's something happening in the KHL now that's unbelievable. Like, and it's it's really gone under the radar so far. But um, the leading scorer in the AHL right now is um is is Sh Shipachev. Remember Shipachev from the uh, from the good old Vegas yeah. Golden Knights. Yeah. You know, we're number eighty-seven for the Golden Knights. He was a good player. He didn't work out here for whatever reason. You know, it was kind of weird at the time. I thought at the time, you know, when you watched him play in the preseason, you're like, that guy's really good. But he just didn't fit and didn't like it there. Well, through eleven games played in the in the KHL, he's got twenty six points. All right, so, um, and so the next closest is 18 points behind him. Um, he's got nine goals and 17 assists in 11 games. Um, leading the leading the I KHL. I can explain all that before you go further. The KHL is yeah. not nearly as good as we thought it was going to be. Yeah, no, I agree. No, and, that, just and, the bottom line. And act yeah. on that same. That's true. And act on relative that. still, you still have to be relative to everybody else. I mean, relative, he's almost yeah. doubled up. <laughs> in 11 games which is like that's almost lapping the field that quickly that that's pretty crazy and you know is this guy like well i i think that more than likely because and we talked about this when we were when we previewed the russian team they're not strong up the middle yeah. with malkin out so yeah. he may make it because he's a center Gonna make the team. There's, the, I just, there's no two ways about it. Oh, right? yeah. And, yeah, and Kuznetsov is ineligible, so there's yeah. two centers. I mean, yeah, there's no question. I mean, this start, even if, even without the start, someone, people from KHL are gonna make the team. But he's, he's earning it. He's earning his spot on that team right now. I mean, that dyna, 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 for the Dynamo um, Minsk team, you know that he plays for. Uh, they are, um, they're. Well, he's, like, the, he's on. He's on. He's on Moscow. He's on Moscow. Dynamo, Dynamo, Dynamo Moscow, right? Yeah, and and by the way, his teammate who will make the team as well, Mr. Voyanov, uh, he's got over a point per game too, and he's yeah, he's he's um he's yeah he's at well, he's not, but he's even not but the the top leading defenseman actually is is um yeah, is Voynov, right? So he's he's thirteen points and thirteen points and. 
in nine games played. So yeah, I mean, these guys, they're, they're I mean, that team is also 10 0 one. That Dy- the Dynamo team is killing yeah. it. They're yeah. they're killing it. They're 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 off to the. Yeah, game. I mean, at, the KHL also has the haves and have-nots. You know, um, they do. Of, uh, you know, they have certain teams that just don't have any money and they can't no get players in, and so you know, it's just a little bit. Um, you know, if you're a good player over there, you can kind of dominate. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, but this is I I I I, I tell you and nobody bit. complains about cap circumvention in that league. Nobody. Well, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we 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 well, mentioned we not, mentioned at least not with Putin's team. They don't. No. About. <laughs> <laughs> we, we mentioned it yesterday. There was a report regarding uh, a a bill in the Russian Parliament that would make it necessary for players to reimburse their club teams if they decided to come to North America or play into other leagues. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how that's going to play out. Apparently that, you know, since there's no KHL NHL transfer agreement, the teams can't pay it. It's got to be the player. So I, I like, I don't know how that's going to play out, but that's something like, for example, Nashville with Askarov, who by the way, is got a nine forty save percentage, Russ, he's yeah. just, you know, he's yeah. 19 years old and he's killing it. You know, Nashville is going to, you know, it's going to be tough for Nashville to get him over here in the next couple of years if they want him to be their number one goaltender. Yeah. No, they better do it before this thing passes. They better get him over here next I mean, year. That, that's or, why. Or at the end of this season. Russ can speak to this far better than I can, but that's why there's been reluctance to take Russian players. Um, yeah. That's why we have yes. so few of them in the NHL. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, no question. It, 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 it is a good deal for a lot of Russian players to play in the KHL. It's a shorter season. They're home. Yeah. They don't have to deal yeah. with the language thing. The, the pay over there, if you're a decent player, um, is good. I mean, you're uh, if you want to kind of know where the KHL is in terms of uh, – uh, competitiveness and talent you just go over and look at the rosters and you'll see uh you know a handful of guys 10 guys 15 guys that you'll recognize as right. having been in the nhl and didn't quite make it or you know or the seventh defenseman who are doing really well over there you know yeah. they're yeah they're top top defensemen and top uh yeah. you know forwards so i well, i just think we, we all were under the impression when the khl formed that the this was going to be trouble because there were so yeah. many great players over there. And it turned out that's not really the case. Um, and, you know, they, and, that's true. And if you need an example of that, the, the kid that the Leafs signed uh, uh, in the summer, he led the KHL in, score, in defensive scoring. He had played five NHL games over like four or five seasons in Minnesota, with the in the Minnesota Wild organization. So he goes over to the KHL after playing in the AHL and leads the league in scoring. And now he's probably going to end up on the Marlies. So that tells you that the KHL, with the exception of a few players, is pretty much AHL level. Yeah, yeah. I wonder. I wonder that about a top yeah. AHL team versus the top KHL team. What would happen in a game with those two about against each other? I tend to think the top KHL team would win, but it, it I don't know. I, I, I might. I think it's a flip. I would probably yeah. go for the KHL as well because they have end up with former NHL players, yeah. Yeah. more of them. Right. And they have, you know, they end up with a few stars. I mean, we right. certainly know some players. One kid in Minnesota comes to yeah. mind. Right. Um, were a <laughs> player, and right. the NHL knew that he was a great player. But he yeah. played in the KHL longer than people thought he would, and uh, came over here and was a star. So it's not like they don't have any, you know, NHL caliber players. They do, but uh, you know, they also have a lot of uh, you know mediocre players. Right. So, I mean, Vegas still retains Shipachev's rights, correct? I, I don't know. They no, they they terminated the contract. They terminated the contract completely, yeah, so they, he's yeah, a complete they, free they agent. Everything. Yeah, they still have. I think there's still a cap hit because of the. Uh, I'm I'm almost sure about that. I'll check that. But I thought there was some sort of cap ramifications to terminating mm-hmm. the deal. But, um, Act, do you want to talk about the uh, Hughes and Pedersen deal? Because I uh, deal. Yeah, I mean they're coming up, and um, you know we talked. I, I wrote a little bit. I wrote about the Pedersen thing yesterday morning, and then the Hughes thing last night. Um, it's a little surprising, you know. Like uh, so, it looks like Pedersen's a three-year deal, just under eight um, per year. Um, for what I've heard, um, and then use is, is that you guys are looking at me? I'm crazy. No, Hughes is seven. Hughes is seven seven right, five. That's, right, that's what I was right. Hughes is that, but Pedersen that I said. Pedersen's eight eight for three, and that's, that's what, yeah, that's what I was saying. The, and that, Pedersen eight just, just I heard just under eight for three, but I don't know, I might be wrong. But that's um, that's the one that's the one that yeah. makes me shake my head, Kevin, because 
um, you're walking him to free agency. I mean, not and they're going to have to do some major renovations yeah. to that roster to get him locked up. If if he does what people expect him, if he stays healthy, he puts up big points. He's one year away from unrestricted free agency at the end of that deal, and you know, I yeah. I, I think that's a danger. Well, I, I agree with you, and especially considering how much everyone covets, uh, you know, quality centers. But I have a question for you. I don't have it in front of me, but like, do they even have enough cap space for these two guys? I don't think they do. Yeah, they. Uh, if, if I'm looking gonna, at it right now. They're going to put Furland on long term. Long term, okay. Right. So they 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 have just yeah. about, just about enough. Yeah, just, just about enough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah right. Okay. Right. Right now, before the contracts, uh, you know, they have they had 13 million in cap space, and that was not including Furlan's 3.5. So that means over that means 17 million in cap space. So they have enough. How long will he be out? He's out for the rest. He's he's concussion problems. He's probably out for his career. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't okay, know. So he's long term. Long term. Um, yeah. So I mean, I think. I like, I mean, it's obviously great that they got it done. They had to get it done. They were stuck. And, um, you know, you, you definitely getting used long-term was, I thought, I thought they were going to both have to be short-term yesterday morning. It was, there was talk around that they were going to both going to be bridge deals. So getting one of them long-term, I think is something, you know, if getting used is getting used is something, but, um, and I, and I actually, right. think that, I, actually I, think I, I will say this to spice things up. If, if you're a team, if there's an offer sheet to be made, you make it to Brock Besser. Yeah, I, I okay. First of all, I actually they probably can't match it next year if you make it high. Um, yeah, he's a well, he's arbitration eligible, so that 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 I think that prevents the offer sheet. He's still not. Uh, uh, yeah, he's arbitration. Oh, you can't do it on him yet. Okay. Yeah. No, he's he's yeah. ar- he's arbitration eligible. So if they if they offer him arbitration, then then he can't. Then the offer sheet. Yeah, right. Then yeah. That'll be it. I apologize. But, Stella, but, Stella, Stella's never been a fan of his at all. Um, no. Stella, but who a Besser or a better? Besser or a Besser. Stella thinks he's overrated. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. Yeah. So yeah. So I can't skate. Anyway. Um. Yeah. So that's all she says. That's all she talks about. That's all the dog talks about. Um, all right, let's get in. Let's get, let's get into the Toronto Maple Leafs for a little bit. If we could, sure. um, because I, you guys have convinced me now a couple, a couple of these teams aren't going to win the Stanley cup, you know, um, and uh, you did a pretty good job, you know, recently. Um, but you know, about Chicago, but now I'm going, now I'm going all in. I'm going all in Mike. I'm going all yeah. in because I went all in last year with these guys. Yeah, and look how it turned out, Eck. It really turned out well. You you love when I go. You love when I pick these them to win. I know, I know, Mike. I know you're always pulling for me to pick good things to happen to them. No, no, no. Um, I I want you to pick them to be finished last because when you pick them to win, that you're dooming them. That's what I said. I said you don't like it. I, I mean, I say when I, I said I love it, I meant very sarcastically that you love it. Um, now, the documentary comes out today. Correct? Is that right? Yes. It, it uh, out now. First episode is uh, on Amazon Prime tonight. I've seen the entire five ser- five uh, episodes. You've seen it, yeah, you get you because you're special and you got a chance to do it. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm real special. Um, and so anyway, so the um the the series is called All or Nothing, and it's nothing. The interesting thing about the Leafs is like some of these teams that that like when you write when you write about the Tampa Lightning winning the Stanley Cup, that's not hard to do. When you write about the Buffalo Sabres winning the Stanley Cup, that's really hard to do. Um, <laughs> when you write about the Toronto Maple Leafs, it's really hard to do because they are good enough to win the Stanley Cup. Um, but they have shown uh, an ability to not do anything in the playoffs properly. So, the, but he, but here's why it's going to change. All right, here's why the Toronto, and I'm going to put it on one name. If the Toronto Maple Leafs win the Stanley Cup, it's one name, Peter Mrazek. Peter Mrazek is, is, is the difference maker. No two ways about it. He is the reason they will win the Stanley Cup, and here's why. Um, Campbell, as old Campbell last year, solid, you know, Campbell Anderson, solid, both can, both can, both I've, I've watched games and Mike, 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 you always told me this is true. I've watched games where Campbell and Anderson kept the Leafs in the game and the Leafs would win the game and they would keep them in the game and they would win the game. Um, but the difference and, and Mrazek can do that too. But the difference between Mrazek and Campbell and Anderson is Mrazek is the only one of the three that can legitimately steal games. The, the Mrazek has the ability to steal a game that, I don't think Anderson and Campbell have, and I and I'm, I'm going to use an example. Last year, Stanley Cup playoffs, um, Tampa Bay versus Carolina. 
the first game they put Mrazek in for last year, if you remember, a 3-2 win by Carolina in overtime. Mrazek stops 35 of 37 shots against Tampa. Um, legitimately steals a game from the Stanley Cup champions. You know, with that's this is the kind of this is the kind of win that has kept the Maple Leafs from winning. This is the kind of thing that the Maple Leafs have not had in the playoffs. They have not had a game like that. Now, Mrazek, the next game gives up six goals on 26 shots, <laughs> and they lose. Um, in in a, you know, and then Mrazek doesn't see the net again. They pull him out of the series. But the reality here is, um, Mrazek is a better goalie when he's pounded with shots. The Leafs are a better team, you know, and so I went, so I went into, I went into the stats to see how, how good the Leafs, how many shots per game the Leafs let up last year, you know, in comparison to everybody else in the NHL. Mm-hmm. And I was pretty surprised. Like, where do you think they are in that list? Like if you, they were probably in the top 12 or 12, I say top dozen teams. Cause they, they gave up, they gave up, they gave up, they gave up a lot and they were in the top dozen. You think Is that you're saying? Give up a lot of shots. I don't think, no, no, no. I, I, I think they, in terms of uh number of shots, I think they're like, in the top 12 in terms they of- were the best in the best 12 they let yes. up the least you're yeah. right they were actually in they were actually sixth um yeah. uh, carolina was eighth um i would have thought you know now and, and then i thought to myself man the leafs are better defensively than i thought they're only giving up that many shots and then then it occurs to me the problem with that the leafs shouldn't be better defensively than carolina the leafs are an offensive team they're built to they're built to score goals they're built to go out there and pound and the issue is that because of their goaltending they have been forced into a situation where they are playing a defensive style that does not suit them. And what's going to happen with Mrazek is he's going to make big saves at big times, and that confidence is going to allow the Leafs to do what the Leafs do best. And the Leafs will be able to fly on you. The Leafs are not built to win games two to one. That's not the way this team is built, but that's how they won games last year. They well, won a lot of games that way, and they aren't built that way. So at the end of the day, it's going to, you know, this is a Sheldon Keith's going to have to say, yeah, we have to play great defensively, but we have to really play better offensively. And if they play better offensively, and you know, you know, we had already talked about Nylander, and I think, you know, and I think, I think Nylander, if he is as good as he could be, is a point of game player. And I think Nylander has, like, when I watched him in the preseason, I was just like, holy cow, this guy looks like he's on top of his face well, more than I've ever seen him. Okay, he's okay, all right. Let me let me click a couple things off. Let me let me finish my thoughts. All right, okay, go ahead. I'll finish yeah. my thoughts, and you guys can take this part. Yeah. Um, losing Todd Hyman hurts. Nick Ritchie's a good, like poor man's Todd Hyman, but not a great poor man's Todd. Zach Hyman. Hyman. Um. Uh. Zach Hyman, sorry. Zach Zach Hyman, Hyman's yeah, a friend yeah. of mine. That's funny. I, put, I wrote Todd Hyman in the story, too. I have to fix that. Todd Hyman is the guy I went to college oh, with. Dude. Zach Hyman. Uh, <laughs> Zach Hyman. Anyway, um, Nick Ritchie is a, is a kind of a poor man, Zach Hyman, in that he does play physical and does score. And, and it, But if they play them in that same spot that they played Zach Hyman, I think they're making a mistake. I don't think that I don't think they should put him there. I don't think they will. John Tavares, though, after what the way things went down last year, I want John Tavares mad and, and and ready to go. Like I want John Tavares competitive and ready to go. This is that's this plays into Tavares perfectly to have a big season. They're going to need scoring. They're going to need some of the young guys to come in. They lost some players that they did not replace. Clear as day, they did. They lost players they did not replace. But they were a bounce away from the Canadians in Game Five last year, and I still think I still picked them in five, and I'm still sticking with that pick. Um, <laughs> even, though, even though they lost the Canadians in seven, but I was still, th- I really, I felt really confident the Leafs are going to win in five and they should have lost that. They lost in seven, but I'm picking them in five. I'm still staying with it. I'm saying young street has to get ready because this is going to be a fun time. This is going to be a fun time, fun season for them. Okay. And, uh, so now Mike, go ahead and take this apart. If you'd like. All right. Um, first Morazic, I mean, he was a, a solid addition as a one B Campbell is the one a. Campbell is going to get the opportunity to win the starting job. And I um, will, will he be able? By November, by November, Mrazek will take that job. Well, I'm just telling you what the plan is, Zach. I mean, yeah, I, know. I, I don't think I, you know, Mrazek is a capable. Like I said, he can play 35 to 40 games. I think they're going to split work, and that when you get if if they do get to the playoffs, Campbell is going to be the goal, the, the goalie they go to. Uh, the reason that they were better defensively is. For the last three or four years, all I've been talking about is they got to get better on their blue line. And yeah. last year, they finally did with, you know, now after adding Brody was a good fit on the top pairing with Morgan Riley. Yeah. Muzzin and Hall were a good shutdown pairing. Yeah. Um, they, had, they had added Bogosian as a penalty killer, a veteran on the, on the bottom pairing. He's gone back to Tampa. Now they have uh, Rasmus Sandin, who's a very 
promising young prospect along with Travis Dermott or Liljegren, their other first round pick from a couple of years ago. So their defense is pretty solid. It's not the best in the league. I'd say it's in the top 10 in the league and that's going to make a difference. Where the problem with the Leafs last year, in spite of the fact that Austin Matthews won the Rocket Richard and Mitch Marner was top five in scoring, is when it counted, they couldn't score in the playoffs and on the power play in the second half of the year. Their power play was the best in the league, over 30% in the first half of the year. And then in the second half of the year, they were, I think, in I think they were in the low teens. So they were their power play was was neutralized by you know, the tactics of the penalty killing of the other teams they faced. They, you know, Mitch Marner uh, is in a shooting position and he's not a great shooter. It was all on Matthews. And when teams devised a method to shutting down Matthews on the power play, the power play didn't work. Hyman Hyman leaves. That's going to be a loss. I don't think that Richie is going to be a replacement for Hyman in the sense that he's going to do everything that Hyman does because he can't. But he's going to be a big body presence on that top line, at least to start the year. Uh, he'll go to the front of the net. He'll get physical with players who try to take liberties with Marner and Matthews. The guy who I think, and he's played really well in the preseason. They're not resting all. They're not resting all their laurels on this guy, but Michael Bunting, who they brought in from Arizona, has four goals in the preseason. Yeah. He's a he's a little. Uh, as one of his teammates called on the uh, on one of the broadcasts, they called him a greasy rat. He's sort of got a little Marshand in him. He's not as talented. I can call that. I can call that too. Yeah, I know that. But yeah. but he he goes to the front of the net. He deflects pucks. He doesn't shy away from those areas. Um, their problem is going to be, I think, they're going to toy around with their lineup a lot. Kerfoot on the wing, Kerfoot at center, different different guys on the bottom four. About bottom bottom line, bottom six. I mean, yeah. uh, where it's going to come, it, 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 it's whether the top four can stay healthy. Those big that core four group. Yeah. If they do, then they have a chance. I think they'll make the playoffs. I don't think they're winning the Stanley Cup because they're they're not solid enough throughout. But they're a they're not as bad as people think that they are after losing the players that they did in free agency. I agree with that, and I'll I'll, I'll pass it to Kevin and saying also I've heard good things about this Gabriel kid. Um, you know, um, who has, is, um, he's not going to make the team. Not he's, make a, the team. he's a third, he's a 13th forward at best. He's yeah. an enforcer type. He's a, I he's, uh, yeah. I mean, he was, he was a phantom, right. But I, I didn't even know him. As no, a no, he was, uh, yeah, he, he was. was he? Okay. He was in Minnesota and then he, he was, was, he was. Saying, but, but yeah, he's he's, phantom, but he, he's definitely, I heard, I heard some nice, I mean, I was talking to some people up there when I was doing the preparation, they like, they really liked the way he looked. Well, he, okay, good. He, he's not going to make the starting team. He's yeah, not. maybe he won't make the team. But um, go ahead, Kevin. Kevin, what are your thoughts? Well, I, you know, I have uh, more mistrust in the goaltending than I think either of you two do. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, it's and it's just it's not based on anything other than a feeling I have. Like I, I like uh, you know, I saw Campbell play pretty well last season, but I still don't trust him. I'm not yeah. sure why, yeah. but I don't. And uh, you know, Morazic, I think. Uh, can steal games just like Eklund said. He he can be very acrobatic and he can end yeah, up this is um, the uh, uh, becoming one of those guys that uh, you know makes forty six saves and wins a game. But yeah. you know he also has some uh, poor games as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I think when you sort of look around the league at the of the top teams, you know, I just like their goaltending better. You know, you're going in to face, say, uh, a Tampa, and they're sitting throwing Vasilevsky uh, at you. And uh, I, I, I don't know that the Mrazek is an upgrade uh, over Freddie Anderson, in my opinion. I think there's some sameness there. And um, I, 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 I think one of the reasons why they have a little shot total is, is it's the old Wayne Gretzky theory. Is you know what they they're an offensive team, so they have the puck usually. Um, and right. you can't score, uh, and you can't get shots on goal if they they have the puck. But I wonder if they have enough um, soldiers, foot soldiers on that team. You know, they have a lot of premium players, but you know that's one thing about Hyman is you know Hyman was like one of those. Uh, he was like a non-com. You know, amid, yeah. amid all the officers, you know, he got things done. Um, you know, he could hang with that group, um, but. Um, he also, you know, worked hard and, and not that they don't work hard, but you know, he's a, that, that he wasn't a star. 
So they're, they're, they're depending a lot on guys like Wayne Simmons and Spezza yeah. and uh, Andre Kasha, who played for Anaheim in Boston, um, who's had some concussion issues. You know, there, there is not, there is a risk factor there that. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, if we could compare them to the, the, the Tampa Bay lightning, they don't have um, uh, enough Kalorns or um, Palats yeah. sure. or. Uh, they don't have a good row um, or a Blake Coleman. Of course, Tampa doesn't either. But, <laughs> but they're hard to keep uh, guys. But so that you know, that's where I think they're they're lacking. It's just you know, this is a very good team, very entertaining team, um, and you know, might get the nail on the head. I mean, they're not lacking in any area. Like even their defensemen have talent. What they're lacking in is uh, the ability to rise up and get it done at the right time. Yeah. Yeah, that's you know, cool. yeah, I got a, I got a few things. Okay. So for goaltending, I mean, yeah, we know Jack Campbell went on an amazing run. He only lost three games. He's going to lose more than three games this year. Sure. But Morasic was never and never will go on a run like that for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And they won't even give him the opportunity to. So I don't think there's any chance Morazic steals the job. I think the only way it happens is if Campbell gets hurt, which we know he's gotten hurt before. Right. And so I can never count that out. But the way the team played with Campbell in there, that was as much of a boost as any goaltender could give any team, and they still didn't get it done. So there is something mental with this team and with this core for getting out of the first round, and I don't think they got the right players to get him out of it. Michael Bunting – is a nice player, mm-hmm. but he doesn't have any experience. Right. You need right. an experience now, and some of the older players they have are just too old. You need like a middle of the road experienced cup guy who could have been a top six presence that could really help them ride them through their you know like a PTO missteps guy. that they have in the playoffs. A PTO guy out there that they could grab, like is there like a you know they it feels like there's guys out there. Well, they in, they invited Nikita Gusev, and I don't think he's going to make the That's team. That's not the guy, though. That's not. No, he's guy. not that guy. <laughs> but I mean, the, I'm ta- like I like Alex Chase on the Vancouver invited. Like you know, I like he's like. Yeah, he's, I mean, if you want, like, they need something even a little more substantial than that. If you I wanted think. a guy who had cup experience and, and playoff experience, the guy who got a PTO in St. Louis and James Neal probably would have been the guy. Problem is, James Neal's too slow. And yeah, they want to play fast. Right. They, they want to play fast. I got the feeling, you know, and again, I'm, you know, I understand. I'm, 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 you know, I wrote this story. I'm writing it. Everybody's trying to win the Stanley Cup. So I'm going to go a little bit negative here. For oh, a yeah, second. yeah, yeah. But because the, the thing, when I when I tell you why they're going to win the Stanley Cup, when I tell you Mrazek's going to do this, I'm telling you that's the only way I can see them winning the Stanley Cup is if Mrazek does it. No, that. I get it. If, yeah, if, if that happens, and Mrazek, I don't even think. If Marazic turns into that, and I agree that he probably won't, but if he does turn into that, they've got it. Because- but I'll, I'll, I'll just say this about Marazic. I mean, because I, I wasn't a big fan of the signing, but yeah. I, I will say this. He is – in a healthy Marazic is better than what Freddie Anderson was last year because Freddie Anderson dealt with a knee injury for most of the year. He cost them points. They still won the division, but he was not the Freddie Anderson of the first four years. And it's ironic that once – they when they finally have a team that can play defense in front of them or Freddie Anderson was undressed for four years, uh, Freddie Anderson wasn't up to the, uh, to up right. to it in, in that fifth year. And I don't know what he's going to be like. I hope he's, I hope he's recovered. I worry about him in Carolina a lot. I mean, so I mean, to me, the thing is this, they're an emotional team. They ride emotions. They ride emotions up. They ride emotions down. They definitely do. They're um, I mean, Matthews, Marner, even Tavares, who's older but experienced, but still is an emotional guy, you know, um, they ride emotions. Nylander is maybe not as emotional, but he's like, but he has the t- they and Hyman was right in there with him, and that's why it hurt because Hyman was like he. Yeah. But the thing about them is, Marazic is the kind of goalie who will give you an emotional boost more. Like he can make a momentum. Oh change. no! He can make, Come on, no, Campbell listen. gave no. 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 He, no. Campbell gave them as much of an emotional boost as any goalie could going 17 and 3. Yeah. When has Morazic ever gone 17 and 3? No, I'm not debating that. I'll tell you, I'll tell you. I'm talking about little moments in the game. I'm talking about little momentum swings in the game. Morazic can make a momentum save. That no, I mean, Morazic is not Tim Thomas. That's the thing. I think he may emulate him the way he plays sometimes, and yeah. but but he's not. And, and Jack Campbell, if you watch this all or nothing series, Watch the last episode and watch how hard. We're not as special as you yet, but we'll be able to soon, Mike. 
Right. <laughs> I'm just saying when yeah, the episode comes on TV, <laughs> watch it. the last episode and watch how uh, loved Jack Campbell was, even after you know losing in that game in that game seven. Yeah. That team would have run through a wall for him. They love him. They love his personality. They supported him. He was the he was the guy. He that's huge. That's sorry, that's huge. I agree. That's yeah, great. and I think the, I, I think Morazic is there because just in case Campbell's Campbell's hurt a couple times last year, they cannot, they, they know that he cannot play 60 games. So he's there to split time. It'll be a, probably a close to a 40, 40 split. Yeah. But when the playoffs come, if they're in the playoffs, Campbell will be the guy. Can we, and I do want to say one more thing on my, yeah, on my synopsis here. Yeah. If you are expecting a lot of goals from John Tavares, it's not his game. Yeah. And that's the thing about the Leafs. You can't depend on him to be a goal scorer for you. That's not his strength. I know he did it, but it's not something you should be asking of John Tavares every year. If you Part did, my- if you are, he'll score. He'll score thirty to thirty-five. He's not going to score. Yeah, 40. thirty to thirty. Exactly. But that's my yeah. issue sometimes with Marner, who is a, definitely a pass-first player. You end when they play together. I do run into that sometimes. Like I, I do think that they're not the greatest. No, Marner needs to score more. I agree with that. He does. Yeah. Marner playing with Tavares, Tavares scores 47 goals. Marner playing with Matthews, he wins the Rocket Richard. Yeah. Marner and Nylander are more playmakers than they yeah. are shooters. Yeah, right. Nylander right. Neil- right. can shoot as well, but um, but okay, Russ, I wanted to get the the two uh, Toronto. One thought before that, real yeah. quickly, okay. Kevin, and then we'll do that. Um, when I when I look at when I looked at this team and I saw the players that they lost, which was a, a lot, a lot of players they lost. <laughs> Lino, Hyman, Anderson, yep. And what and 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 um, like Cap, and Kapanen, you know, like and just like things like players that are gone, right? I mean, Bogosian, Thornton. Yeah, these were players that Kapanen was a pretty good player for that. They're, these are players. Um, why did their their GM? It just felt like he was so angry at the. It just it feels like he just. I don't. Know, that might be wrong. Just so angry at the loss of Montreal, they just didn't even bother. He didn't care. They lost his players. He didn't even bother. Yeah, my God, no. I, okay, Anderson. They were not going to sign. They couldn't afford him. Yeah, but. Zach Hyman, they did everything that they possibly could. They wanted to offer him the eighth I'm not year. About that. They lost those players. We lost them, but they didn't replace them. Like that's what I'm trying to keep. Like why Kevin? They, why didn't, Kevin didn't find they didn't have enough cap room to replace them with. I mean, that's why they've got Michael Bunting at eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars and Nick Ritchie at two point two million. They couldn't afford right. to sign them. All right. Right. Uh, like that's the same <laughs> question. Like asking the Flyers, why? Why did they get Martin Jones? Because they didn't have enough money. Right, which is the reason why anybody said, better. Which is the reason why I said you can't spend forty million on four forwards. But they went hard after Zach Hyman. What did they do with the money that they went hard with the money with him? What they do with that money? Like they, they signed Morazic. They signed Morazic for how much? Oh, not that much, right? They signed Richie. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm. It just feels like they could have done more. I don't know. It really feels like they could have done more. Kevin, do you agree with me or disagree? Or what are your thoughts? Well, uh, they, you know, they had they had cap issues. I mean, Mike yeah. talked about it all the time, and yeah, they, you know, uh, they have a lot of guys paying a lot of money to, and so they have to give somewhere. So yeah, it's not like they left money on the table. I guess not. I mean, I guess they, right. they couldn't find another way. All right, okay, okay, Russ, go ahead. Give us your prospects, Russ. We got you on this team. All right, so we'll talk about Rodion Amirov, who um, right now is still in the KHL, 19, left winger. He um really good skater, really good defensively. It's hard to find a young prospect who's that dedicated on the defensive side of the puck, but he is. Uh, he's He's got a little bit of toughness in him. I don't think he's got high-end goal-scoring ability, though. I think, you know, if you got 20 out of him, you'd be getting a lot. I think he's a second- or a third-line guy. I think he's on a steady pace. I think he probably still needs another year in the KHL and then the Marlies. And if he rips it up in the Marlies, great, bring him up. If not, leave him for a season there. But he's he's progressing nicely. I just and I think the Leafs do a good job with this, especially lately with this with this regime. So they're not going to rush him. And you know when he's ready, they'll have a really nice player there, like somebody like actually if they had a player like that now, like let's say this was three years down the road. He'd really be a, a help to them because, you know, those kinds of players are valuable. And Russ, right. this is the reason why they signed the guys that they signed in Richie and Bunting to only two-year deals because I think down the line they're saying, right. okay, Nick Robertson's going to take one of those spots and Amaroff is going to take one of those spots. So it, it it fits into what their plan is. 
It does fit with the plan. And then, you know, Nick Abersees is a guy who I had great debate with when I was writing for McKean's. I won't say with who, but if he's listening, he knows. And he was a USHL guy, a little older, and he was ripping it up uh, in his draft year, just ripping it up. And still, and is with Chicago Steel, I believe. And so there's still always this feeling like, hey, Guy's a little older. He's on a super team. You know, what is he really as a player? But he is a terrific center, even though he's only five foot nine, maybe five, nine and a half. He, he, but it doesn't mean he's going to play center in the NHL, especially on the Leafs. They're strong down the middle. He could be end, end up being a guy who plays on the wing, but he's got good speed. He actually plays a 200 foot game. He is good around the net and he could score. This year for Harvard, he's going to be their captain. I really like him. I think. He could be a uh, you know second or third leading scorer on that team. I think in the NHL, you know, you're probably talking about 35, 40 points max. Yeah. But a heck of a pick in the sense that there was something there. He is a classic late bloomer. And it started that year in the USHL. And I spoke to him that year. And he even said to me, it all seems to have clicked just now. Yeah. Not anything before. But at that moment, and he's been building on it ever since, and I think the Leafs have done a good job uh, with him, monitoring him, probably giving him just, you know, there's only so much you can do with college players. You give them little tips, things to work on. And, again, you've got Ted Donato as a coach. Ted Donato is tremendous, and he will help him a lot. He led led all NCAA freshmen in scoring and last year had a shoulder injury that he had surgery on, which was, you know, fortuitous because the Ivy League didn't even play last year. So he'll be he'll be recovered for that. Um, And the the GM of the Chicago Steel, uh, Hardy, is now part of the Leafs management. So they like this guy, I think, probably in a couple years after a year. Uh, after he finishes at Harvard, they sign him to a contract. He goes to the American Hockey League, and maybe he makes the NHL yeah. in a couple of years. What about Robertson? Yeah. I mean, we, I think that's is, Robertson, right. is Robertson coming up this year? Are we going to see him this year? Are we going to? I him? think they're going to start him out in the American League act because he's got options. Uh, I think they don't want he's he just turned twenty on September eleventh, so I think they want to get him some regular playing time in the American Hockey League. They've got bodies up like Kasha and 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 uh, Richie and Bunting who would not be able to clear waivers. So I think they want to give them the first chance and let him, you know play regularly in the American Hockey League and score some goals. And then, you know, maybe they bring them up halfway through the season if they have some injuries. Okay. Last thing I want to go before we get out here. I want each of you to tell me what the percentage of chances are you think that the Toronto Maple Leafs don't make the playoffs. Just like that, 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 that you know, that they in don't that, make the playoffs. In that division, I would say 25%. 25%. Okay. I'd go 20. 20. Okay. Russ? 30%. I'm gonna go with Russ. I think right about thirty percent. You think they're making the playoffs, but yeah, I think that they, they this is as a tough division. It's a tough, it's a division. tough division, but, but it's who's a tough division. Their goaltending could. Who's gonna knock him out? Yeah. Well, okay. I, it's I, also a tough conference. I mean, the reality is that, that, that's a conference, right? So the top three, are, you got to me. You bought, I, I still think Boston's good enough. I, I just think, I think Tampa, Florida, Boston are the good. top. Are 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 three? Yeah, but Toronto's gonna clean up on the bottom of that division and get a lot of wins so except yeah. against the sabers because they never beat the sabers how but even now when they're bad but yeah. <laughs> well, but that's gonna be a problem they're gonna have to beat the sabers yes i know, I know. Um, they'll beat them this year but yes. then you know when you look at the when you look at the other the, you know the metro division is so strong it's hard it's hard to imagine that there might not be two teams coming out of there you know like that well but I, I think the difference is i think I there think, could be two teams out of the metro well, I think not because they're going to beat each other. Right. That that's the whole. Their, point. their win t- their win totals won't be as high as. I, you know, I I think it's going to end up being four and four in each division, and like I mean, I think Florida, Tampa, Toronto, and Boston are the teams in the in the uh, in in the uh, Atlantic. I, I think Montreal is going to drop. I think Ottawa is going to get better. I think Detroit's going to get better, and Buffalo will be hideous. Yeah. So you but Montreal that- could be the team. Mancho could be the team that knocks the Leafs out if everything hits right for them, and the Leafs have problems in that. Sure. Yeah, that's the other thing, right? So Montreal, but and you know the problem with the all the, they should beat up on all those teams, but all the Montreal, Ottawa, 
and Buffalo all like the Leafs are like their chief rival, like to each of those teams. So it's hard. It's all, it's always hard. Like this used to be the tr- case with Detroit years ago, right? When they would go, they play Nashville and they would play St. Louis or they play. It was every, everybody. Yeah, but there, every, there are a lot of teams chief rival though. A lot of teams. It's hard. It's harder for teams when you're, when you're in that situation, like, you know, Detroit went into Nashville, they should have always beaten up on Nashville, but that was like the Super Bowl in Nashville when Detroit came to town. Yeah. So it's like, you know, yeah, yeah. Ottawa, Ottawa always right. worked themselves up into a lather when they played. Yeah, Ottawa, and I was getting better. And but Buffalo is the same way, and Montreal is the same way. I've All never, seen, teams. I've never seen opposition teams work themselves up into a lather for a team that hasn't won anything. But the record against those three teams is not the greatest. Sometimes you know, like those. I know. Ottawa, so they are going to beat up on those teams at the bottom division. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah maybe, yeah. maybe. We'll see. Games at the top of the division to, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. All right, well, it's going to be fine. I mean, this is this is they could win the Stanley Cup. That could be an absolute disaster. We all we all know that. This, but this this is this is this is the Toronto Maple Leafs kids. (laughs) That's how they work. (laughs) That's how they work, right? Um, great, great show, great week, guys. It's October. Get out there, have some fun, enjoy yourself. Set up the street hockey net on your on your on your driveway. Do what everything you can do because it's time to play hockey again. Remember, without the buzz. It's just hockey. We will talk to you all on Monday. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.